Welcome to the Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered. And now your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is the Metalist. Hello, and thanks for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. It's the Metalist Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm not Chevy Chase. Neither is he. I'm Jason. What's the Chevy Chase thing? You ever watch the old uh, Chevy Chase Saturday Night Lives where he would do the uh, weekend update and he would begin with, uh, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I was confused for a second. That's all good. Anyways, thanks again for joining us, everybody. Today we're going to talk about a little bland, or bland <laughs> a little band from Michigan by the name of Black Dahlia Murder. Like, are, they, are they bland? No, no. Well, <laughs> some people might argue, but boo them. Um, and it's funny saying they're from Michigan. Fucking, I think the only guy that lives in Michigan now is um, Brian, their guitar player. Uh, fucking Trevor's in Brooklyn now, alongside uh, what's his David from Revocation. And I don't know about the rest of those dudes. You know, it seems like it's one of those bands where it's a career band now, right? So they could probably just be from different places all over the country. Um, but they make it work, man. Like, I love them. They're they're really good at what they do. Um, you know, they talk about their first story of their first show ever that they played. They drove all the way from Detroit to Washington, D.C., dude. Like, why not? Start not locally in some cases, I guess. And, you know, there's the other story that they uh, they got their CD in the hands of uh, Metal Blade because Brian was delivering pizzas at the time, and they just happened to be delivering to a venue that Hatebreed was playing that night. And when he saw that they were there, he's like, hey, man, could I give you a, a, a tape? And he's like, sure. And uh, and Josta got it in the hands of Brian Slagle, and the rest is history. They've been there for what is it, sixteen years now, seventeen maybe, like <laughs> the pizza band. Yeah, why pizza not? Pizza core. How many stories do you hear like that nowadays, man? That's that's awesome. Talking, <laughs> yeah, you know, as we start these things off occasionally. How did you first get into Black Dahlia Murder? My old guitar player. I'd heard him before that, but I just didn't really pay much attention to it. So I got me guess technically mp3.com, R.I.P.D. Yes, big R.I.P.D. Uh, I think, so it was, um, oh, fucking Christ, I just can't even think of it. What a Horrible Night to Have a Curse, Closed Casket Requiem, and there was another one off of, it wasn't off of Unhallowed, but it's another one that they recorded, like, later. Okay. After Unhallowed, like, yeah. Because I know, like, they redid What a Horrible Night to Have a Curse. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it was quite a ways later. Yeah, it was um, on um, Nocturnal. Yeah. So, 
I can't, I can't remember what it was. It was like a three thong. A uh, three thong. Thong, 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 thong. That's all for you, Cisco. Oh, man. A three thong EP. All yeah. right. There we go. We need shirts with three thongs on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a three song EP that was on mp3.com. And I, don't, I mean, I, I, it just wasn't the sound I was looking for then. It didn't sound that great either. Oh, in, yeah. in fact, I mean, I would even say like unhallowed as far as the sound goes, it's it's not that great. I mean, I thought that the first time I heard it, I was that was one of the kind of like the one of the beefs I had with that first album was the sound. It was like it wasn't like everything else, which isn't always bad, but uh, it seemed a little bit thin. So that was kind of how that first like demo EP thing was. But I mean, when I first really fucking heard of the Black Dahlia Murder and knew it was them. My guitar player Chris showed me Unhallowed, and it, I mean, at, at first I, because th- it was right around the time I heard at at the gates, mm-hmm. and that's who I thought it was. I I thought it was a, you know, a different at the gates band at first, until the low vocals came in, and I was just like, oh wait, yeah. this isn't at the gates. Like, what yeah. the fuck is this? Like, because yeah. I mean, I essentially just discovered. Arch Enemy, In Flames, Soil Work, At the Gates, mm-hmm. that Amon Amaris, you know, fucking Carnal Forge, and all, yeah. you know, like, uh, I mean, I'd heard of Carcass before, but all that, all that Swedish stuff, like, I just pretty much just discovered it. And at the same time, I discovered this from my guitar player and Darkest Hour. Yeah, okay. And so for a second, it was like, it wasn't like confusing, but it was like, holy shit, like there's people in the United States doing this stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I pretty much just barely fucking discovered uh, Kill Switch Engage and Unearth and all that remaining, like all that fucking stuff. So yeah. I kind of discovered all of it at the same time. And well, I mean, these yeah. guys were kind of on the extreme end of it. Being a death metal guy, having the low vocals in there, like really helped me out with it. But that first the the first time I heard Unhallowed, like I mean, I think I actually fucking ripped it onto my computer through the, in a wave editor, and actually bumped up the bass, like I thickened up the sound on it. And for years I listened to it like that, and it's like mm. now I listen to it, and it's like, oh yeah, this is what the real sound real sound is is like. And um, I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with it now. I, I actually think it's a really good sounding album. Yeah, um, a lot of people shit on it because it doesn't sound like everything else. Well, That's my favorite sounding one. Dude. The thing I like about I do like about it. It is thinner, but at the same time, too, there is a little bit more. Uh, I don't know what it would be. I almost want to say compression. It's not super compressed sounding, but and all their stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very busy music, and when you have a harsh guitar tone and maybe like a, a kick drum that really fucking just like cuts through and just really sticks out. Yeah. You have Trevor's fucking vocals doing whatever the fuck Trevor's doing. And, you know, you, I mean, you fucking throw on cymbals and fucking... I mean, it's just... There's a lot of stuff. So, I mean, you need the compression a little bit so you can fucking... Like I mean, that's the, the whole, same thing with death metal. With Oh, we're just starting where we left yeah, off? Yeah, sorry, or re- restarting. Oh, oh okay. no, 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 just where we left off. I thought off. we were restarting. Okay. I was trying to so, where we left off, too. The thing with the compression is that it kind of allows you to hear everything <laughs> you know like if you can't fucking hear well i mean it's if, if there's so much going on and it's very very busy you have to kind of like make your way and then some of it's eqing mm-hmm. uh some of it's how you dial in your guitars like is there too much gain you can't really fucking it just sounds like a you know a scratchy mess like there's a lot of that stuff with this band but the first album doesn't have a lot of that yeah it's thinner but there's not that i mean the guitar tone to me like i think that's 
probably their best guitar tone. Yeah, it's it's definitely their most unique, I would say, right? Well, I just think it just it's more it, you know it's less gainy, so like it's not so fucking it's not spastic, but I mean. It's just, I mean, dude, fucking throw the shit on in your fucking phone speaker, man. It's hard to hear what's going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, even even when I put it in my car where there's a little bit more, well, for one, there's more room. It's a little bit bassier and stuff. Like, it allows, you know, for the bass to open up a little bit. And the kick drums, it's still, you know, with the guitars, uh, a lot of times, like, they're, because they're really melodic. Now, sometimes for me, the the melodies don't jive with me that well. But they're 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 very melodic. Well, I wouldn't say very. At times they can be. <laughs> you, know, you know what I, I mean? I wouldn't say very. Like, but they're a melodic fucking death metal band, dude. And it's like a lot of times though, it's hard to hear those fucking melodies because it is so fucking busy and yeah. the way it's mixed or whatever the fuck it is, I do not know what it is. It's just hard to fucking pick out certain things. Yeah, most definitely. And, and I've always had a hard time with that with this band to the point where like nothing really fuck. There's not nothing. There's a lot of the majority of their catalog doesn't really stand out to me. Like and so what I end up doing is I, I know parts and because they are samey enough, a lot of those parts tend to blend in with other songs. Like yeah. and so it's like oh well we you could go from this riff right into this riff. It makes sense, but. It's two. They're two different parts from two different songs, and I do that all the fucking time. Yeah. So absolutely. even recording this, I mean, we might have to fucking you know, this might be a situation where we have to fucking listen to something just so I can fucking remember what goddamn part it is from what fucking song. Because again, like they just, they're just one of those bands that's the only time. I just figured this out too. The only time that fucking like I can have those samey type bands and re- and not get the parts jumbled up is if they're a lot simpler. Yeah. Like I don't do that with ACDC. I don't do it with Obituary. I don't do it with Hatebreed. A lot of singy stuff. I don't really do it with. But the more extreme it is, I do have a harder time. You know. And and this is one of those fucking bands. So real quick, what's your What's your first exposure to the Black Dahlia murder? Very similar to you. I mean, my whole... I mean, technically, my whole melodic death metal journey starts like a lot of other people with artwork from Carcass, right? But, like, when the Swedes took a hold of it and made it their own thing, I first heard Soil Work, uh, Predator's Portrait. And so I was like, where's this? I need more of this. And then I start hearing about In Flames. I start hearing about uh, At the Gates, The Haunted, to a degree. And then, you know, just all of a sudden, like like you said, all these American bands started doing it, way more than there was even Swede bands at that point, I think. Um, and they were part of that wave. I remember, you know, like like all the big labels, as soon as Killswitch hit, were just picking them all out from there. And so uh, Metal Blade, in what must be early 2003, announces, hey, we got two new bands we've signed and we want to showcase them to everybody. The first is As I Lay Dying. Second is Black Dahlia Murder. And I'm like, well, being from San Diego, I've definitely heard of As I Lay Dying, but who's this Black Dahlia Murder band? And so they provided a song for each. And the first song they, they put out for Black Dahlia was Funeral Thirst, just like, you know, how many other people, that was their first exposure, right? And then I just hit the ground running from there, man. I, I've, I've loved them ever since. I, I don't know if it was their first time in San Diego, but I was definitely there when they played 2004. It was for As I Lay Dying's video shoot for forever, uh, when it was supposed to be Soma side stage, but so many tickets got sold, they decided to move it to the main stage. 
And my buddy Kev, how you doing, Kev? This is, I'm definitely telling this story. He had broken his leg during a parachuting uh, exercise. Uh, and he, so he was in, the, or he attended the show in crutches and a cast. And this was at the time, I don't know about you, but like, like they weren't like, they were like almost trying to like do that whole, we're, we're evil death metal dudes. So we're sticking in the shadows for all of our promo photos. So you couldn't really see what they looked like, but I knew what, I knew what they looked like enough that when Brian from Black Dahlia walks up to say hi to my buddy and he's just like, Hey man, I see you've got your broken leg. I'm very sorry to see that. Thanks for coming to the show, though. And he's trying to just be, like, a super nice guy. And my buddy Kev's all like, I don't know who this guy is. So I'm just like, okay. Thanks, man. He's like, yeah, man, if you need anything, just come find me or any of the other guys. And we'll, hope we, you know, we'll take care of you as best as we can. Just trying to be a really cool guy. And my buddy Kev's all, okay, yeah, thanks, dude. See ya. And I'm just sitting there laughing my ass off. And all my friends are like, why are you laughing? He's like, that's the guitarist from the Black Dahlia murder, dude. It's like, why didn't you say anything? I knew because it was funny watching you have that awkward interaction. And... Sure enough, when they get on stage, they were just like, oh, you were serious. That really was the Black Dahlia guy. And they kicked ass, man. That whole show, uh, the opener aside, was really good. Uh, and I've tried to catch them every time they come back since, dude. They just have a really good, fun, high-energy show. Have you seen them live before? Yeah, some Summer Slaughter. Okay, yeah. So, you know, like like they're just an awesome, yeah, they fun were... band. No matter who's in it. That was probably the first time I really took notice was like, okay, like, these, yeah, they're really, I don't know, I wouldn't say really good, but yeah, I mean, they're really good. Because I fucking hated Miasma when it came out. Yeah, like, That was one of the, I almost want to say that was one of the more disappointing uh, follow-ups. A sophomore I've, slump, kind of? Yeah. yeah. I've, there's not a lot of them I can think of. I mean, well, there is a lot of them I can think of, and I'm sure we'll get to them when we get to them. But that was one of the bigger ones, man. I, I really wanted to hear, you know, what was next for this band, and it was like, uh, wow, they got boring. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because a lot of people love Miasma, or at least they did at the time. I don't know if they it's still just do. Slow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, and they're not. This is the thing. Like, I listen to plenty of slow stuff. It's these guys aren't a slow band. Yeah, like they're a fast fucking band, and I mean not like overly fucking fast. They're they're. It's just like the um, God. What do you call it? Like, it's it's like uh, it's like if you just had like a fast fucking car, right? Mm-hmm. And you got the guy, and he's, you know, fucking doing 250 miles an hour down the road just the whole time. But then this other car, he's doing 150 miles an hour, but he's also, like, doing stuff while he's driving the car. <sighs> That's not the best analogy, but... <laughs> I like the... I like the there, There's just a sense... There's a fucking urgency to the stuff that they do, especially on Unhallowed. Now, they've gotten that back a lot, like, in spades, but... yeah. But especially on Unhallowed, the drummer. It's it's it was it was almost all the drummer. Like, that guy's an underrated ass drummer too. The dude. the pace that they have on the on the fucking songs, the stuff that he's doing, like you listen to that and then put in Miasma immediately afterwards, and it's just like it sounds literally like the drummer got fucking stoned. I know it's not the same dude, but it sounds like he got fucking too stoned. Or he ate some fucking, you know, here's some old school shit. He ate some fucking Quaaludes or some Valium or something. Yeah. And he was taking a nap. Like, he just sounds sluggish. And it weighs the entire fucking thing down for me. Like, Mm -hmm. and I just didn't, you know, I was just like, oh, fuck. So when I saw them, I guess, fuck, I have no idea the fucking years. I'm going to look it up real quick. 
Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Summer Slaughter, it would have been 2008 or 2011 maybe, and I know they've done it since then too, but somewhere around there. But, I mean, I've seen them on a lot of fucking amazing bills too, man. They, they play at OzFest 2005. Uh, the following year I saw them three times, and one of them was with Hatebreed as kind of a thanks for getting us the record deal in the first place kind of thing. That was Easily amazing. Nocturnal was out because I know it was after 2007. Yeah, so 2008 maybe. Is that Probably. the one that they were documenting on the first DVD? I don't know. It wasn't 2011. I know that because I okay. wasn't in San Diego in 2011. But I came back to San Diego on a vacation, and that was like my big event was like I was going to Summer Slaughter by myself. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was fucking awesome. Like they, they were really fucking good. Like, and I mean, at that point, I was like, wow, like, you know, these guys are fucking really good. Like, okay. But again, like I, I checked out Nocturnal, it was just kind of like, eh, I mean, they, they delved a little bit further into the black metal stuff. Yeah. Mostly the vocals. Mm-hmm. Because here's something that, um, okay, can we just talk about Trevor real quick? Shoot. However you want to say his last name. Sternad is how I have heard it pronounced. I don't know how accurate or not that the is. The Strand. But... Yeah. Uh, no, like he's, so for one, awesomely the Jack Black of fucking metal. Most definitely. Dude, like he's awesome. Like yeah. he's fucking funny. You know, definitely tongue way in the fucking cheek. Mm-hmm. De- you know, doesn't take himself too seriously. And I mean, a lot of the fucking guys don't. I mean, it really just depends on what you know of them, right? Yeah. But, you know, he really fucking loves music. He's, mm-hmm. I feel like me and him are, I have similarities with him where it's like, I'm, I'm always still just looking for heavier shit. Like, yeah. And, and just trying to find new bands that are playing heavier shit. Do you and follow his obituaries columns from I used to. Injection? I used to do it all the time. I haven't looked at one recently, but I need to get back on that because I completely forgot that he was doing those. Like, yeah, but yeah, shout out to the obituaries, dude. Yeah. Like, this shit's fucking awesome, dude. Like, he doesn't have to do that. Nah, yeah. You know, a lot of metal guys don't do that. A lot of metal guys, oh, I don't even listen to metal. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. And I many... get it, dude. Like, if you just hear metal all the time, I mean, fuck, what you start doing on your stage or in your albums might become pretty fucking stale if that's all you fucking do. But but he's one guy that really champions metal. And, and not, like, in a way like Corey Taylor's doing where he's talking about, like, you know, metal needs to be in the fucking Super Bowl. No, it doesn't, for one. I mean, I get what you're doing, Corey, and I fucking, you know, I, I like that you're doing that, but you, you, you're, I think a lot of people miss the point on that, and that's, it doesn't move units. Yeah. It doesn't have the numbers. It's not popular, dude. Like, that's all it is. It has nothing to do with equal representation and fucking shit like that. Like, that's never been a thing in art. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's never been a fucking, oh, everything has to be fair, and this needs to be represented, and fucking, no, dude. People like what they like, and they have every right to like it for whatever reason they want. And they can hate whatever they want for mm-hmm. whatever reason they want, right? Absolutely. Just like every metalhead can hate fucking Kim Kardashian or fucking, you know, whatever. Like, it's it's funny. You know, metalheads are allowed to hate whatever the fuck they want. They champion hate all the time. That is true. But as soon as someone hates metal, now suddenly, you know, there's some issue. And it's like, well, why? Now, here's the thing. Like, it's, it has nothing to do with fucking talent. You know, yes, pound for pound, I will put metal... Talent-wise, against any other genre of music, easily, and it will win every time. Mm -hmm. But I'll fucking tell you what, dude. When it comes to popularity, it's not even close, dude. Not even close. You might as well be saying jazz bands should be fucking playing the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, dude. It's dumb. Mm -hmm. 
just be cool with like some fucking rock band if they get in there every once in a while and just be like whatever yeah who gives a fuck like again I'm not trying to tell Corey, you know, I just, that's my two cents on what Corey was fucking saying. No, I'm with you. I appreciate the sentiment, but let's be realistic. Yeah. yeah, But Trevor champions it in another way where he's actually going out, doing something where a lot, I've never seen Corey Taylor do it. I've never seen Phil Anselm. Well, Phil Anselm was another one that kind of used to do it. He just doesn't have an article on it, but I've never seen like, you know, Kerry King or, or, you know, some of the big dogs in fucking in metal, you know, like the fucking dude from five finger death punch or fucking even like you know Akerfelt from fucking opeth or fucking anders from in flames like some of these bigger bands i don't see them going out and fucking telling people like hey man you should listen to this and you should check out this band you should check out this band and metal bands i mean they're all probably putting shit in their fucking little instagram story you know oh, i'm listening to fucking you know like we all listen to stuff that's not metal uh, like it's, it's yeah you know but let me tell you something man like your fans I mean, they may know you like Post Malone, but you don't need to, like, you know, it's, oh, I'm listening to Post Malone right now. Like, that's not doing what Trevor does. Yeah, no, absolutely. Everybody already knows who Post Malone is. Trevor's out digging around, finding bands, and exposing, you know, bringing exposure to those bands. It's a, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that do it also. You know, oh, yeah. like, I was going to say, Corey's gotten a lot better about it, actually. He's been championing Code Orange and Knocked Loose like crazy lately in other bands. And uh, as far as Five Finger Death Punch, I'm guessing you're talking about the, the singer Ivan, which whatever. But the bassist, I don't even like Five Finger Death Punch, but the bassist, um, Chris, he is all about just saying, hey, man, check out Nails, check out Behemoth. We know what David Grohl has that fucking, like, he has his, his monthly playlist or whatever on yeah. Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like, more stuff like that. True. And, yeah, absolutely. I keep wanting to call him Jack Black now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why not? Just do it. Everybody knows what you're talking about in this context. <laughs> but Trevor does that. He, he is the, the the example. He is the shining know, star. Absolutely, dude. He's he's the king of that, dude. Like, yeah. And I think it's fucking awesome that he does it. I wasn't trying to fucking bag on anybody else, whatever. But, I mean, like, compared to what he does, yeah, it might as well look like nobody's saying anything, right? That's the thing, man. Like, in a sea of, yeah, what, what you're saying, where so many metal dudes are, oh, I don't even listen to metal anymore. I mean, again, that's fair enough. It's inspiring to see somebody that's still so loving about it and invested in it that he gives so much of a shit that he wants to shine, you know, share the wealth. What does Josta always say? The uh, high tide raises all oh, ships yeah. or whatever. Just, like, you know, try to put other bands in the spotlight it, it, to the point where, like, he's even putting – bands you know on their tours that might have a good opportunity come out of it uh or like you know sometime in the last week completely incidentally seeing how many guest spots he does for bands nowadays you know my buddy nick's band uh no zodiac i i guess i forgot or didn't know that he did a song with them dude the song he does with volvo dinia dude is fucking awesome so fucking cool but he's done songs with volvo before like Oh, wait, was it Volvadini? Yeah, it was. Maybe. It's hard to keep track. I he was thinking about that on the way over here. Yeah, he does a lot of fucking guest stuff. But he's got a really unique voice. Yeah. But it's weird, though, because I say he's got a really unique voice. There's something about his voice that I don't like. I just found out recently. I've always been trying to figure out what it was. The lows, awesome. Yeah. Always awesome. The highs earlier on? The, the pre-black yeah. metal highs? Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Yeah. The black metal highs. Again, the dude's awesome. Here's my only fucking issue with it. He reminds me of Danny Filth. Yeah, now? Absolutely. Not the screech, but like when Danny's just fucking... Ah! No, no. Like when Danny's just on his highs and he's just fucking... 
Oh yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. He sounds similar to that. Yeah. Well, you know where it's he... the same kind. It's, you know, fairly thin. Again, not the wail and the screech of Danny Phil. Just the regular high vocals. Like, I mean, okay, so fine. I, I mean, I haven't heard Cradle Filth in a fucking long time ever. Me neither. But the old shit. Like, I mean, you know, up to, you know, whatever Nymphetamine or whatever. Like, I can't even think of the album name. I think that's one. 2005. Um, up four. to about that point. It's like, you know, of course, yeah, he has the fucking, you know, his fucking little screech or whatever that he does, but it's his regular singing, like his regular high vocal that he does. Like, yeah. it's it's very similar to that. And well, it's just the thinness of it. Yeah, you know where he says he got his voice? Strictly and only is from Carcass. Like, um, ne- necroticism era Carcass, because you had Jeff... And again, when I say high, I'm talking relative, because what Jeff does is kind of this this middle thing, actually, really, right? But, uh, but when Bill has the lows, yeah, man, Jeff's high as hell, right? Um, and so that's where his lows and his highs are coming from. But it seems like through that, the progression of their music, he got his highs higher and higher, right? Whereas the mids, I wanted to say stay the same, but if you think about it, they even kind of get higher than they were, you know, less low. Even Why does it mean like either you, you can try and sound like the dude from Carcass all you want. If you're going that high and you can't get the same amount of scratch in your voice, yeah, it's never going to sound the same. But so it, the other thing is, how many people actually pull off sounding like Jeff too? Jeff is the only guy that actually sounds like Jeff, and that's well. I, there's lots of guys that only sound like them, but that doesn't mean there's nothing similar. No, but like like all the guys that he influenced, right? It's just exactly that. It's and Trevor is a good example of it, but it's like. It's just the fact that it's high. You know what I mean? It's not the character of the voice or anything. So I heard something interesting last night. Finally, someone who said something, how I see it. Guy asked another guy, what's your influences on guitar? He says, everything. And Mm. I'm like, exactly. But then he said, what do I try to play like? Or what is my musical influence? Because there's a big fucking difference. Yeah. Okay? Because literally everything you hear would be an influence. Mm -hmm. It might show you what you don't want to play. That's influential. Absolutely. Right? It influenced your decision. Shit. So, is it still working? Yeah, oh, just okay. I, I bumped the mic and it went. Um, so, so again, I want to sound like both dudes from Carcass, but have it just be me. Mm-hmm. You will always sound like you. Yeah. You can either do it or you can't. And again, you can say, I want to sound like Barry Manilow all day, but if you're fucking, if what comes out of your fucking voice sounds like fucking Fisher. I don't know why I said Fisher. Corpse Grave. If you're going to use one I mean, name, I, got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should probably use the one that everybody's going to get. Share. <laughs> Corpse Grinder. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with it. Like, the question should be like, there should be two questions there whenever someone's asked that. Or two explanations whenever someone's given that fucking thing. Oh, fuck. I remember, I just remember this thing from Night Nish Nails one time where it was like, oh, it's, it's, our, it's our version of this and this. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really great way to answer that. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you're saying like, okay... It's our version of this and this. It's not like, oh, yeah, dude, like, I want to fucking... Because most of the time when people say, like, what are your influences? What they really want to know is, what do you fucking sound like? Mm -hmm. And I tell you fucking all day. I've said it before. 90 fucking 5 to 90 fucking 7% of the time, dude, those fuckers do not sound like the fucking shit that they say that they're influenced by. Right. But again, almost every band is influenced by Iron Maiden. Yeah. I mean, they, they are. They're, the majority are of fucking people, I mean, especially like in a certain age group, they grew up listening to it. Mm-hmm. Of course. They probably, probably with the influence there is Iron Maiden made me want to play. 
right? So, of course, they influenced you. But you, but that has no bearing on your sound, though. Mm-hmm. Because that dude might be like, yeah, Iron Maiden was a huge influence, but I don't try and play like that. We're a new metal band. Right. You know, like, or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know why I said new metal, but... But I mean, because to me, it's, it's one of the farthest from something like Iron Maiden. Yeah, it's, absolutely. And, and or it's sludge. like, okay, so his vocals, I don't know if he specifically tried to change. Here's the thing like, Unhallowed, they're pretty young. Yeah, absolutely. They were so like. So, like, your voice changes quite a bit. You know, and then obviously, I mean, a singer has to take care of his vocal cords, man. And, it, you know, maybe screaming a certain way was fucking bothering him or something. I don't know what it was. But I do know this, and it could be strictly black metal influence, you know, because there's not a lot of black metal fucking singers that fucking sing like that. Yeah. Most of them just have that fucking high fucking, that, you know, what I've always called the cougar scream, the fucking, Wah! You, you think know, it's like, a dissection influence? They said they're pretty influenced by dissection, too. I don't even know if it's an influence. I think it's just the way his voice sounds. Like, yeah. You know, like, it's, he might not, he could be trying whatever he wants, but his voice sounds like that, and that's how it ends up. He just doesn't have that fucking scratch, like on the first album. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, dude, they were way younger. Yeah, like your vocal cords. I think that's probably one of the biggest bummers for a singer. Like, I mean, especially if they started out very young. Like yeah. their band. Well, if they got signed and like were actually on, you know, like out out in the fucking scene or whatever when they were younger, is like your vocal. You, know, you don't get a choice in that. Right. A guitar player doesn't really have to go through that. Mm-hmm. You know, or a bass player, drummer, like whatever. But singers all have to go through that, whether they're singing clean or, or screaming. Yeah. They have to go through that. And then at some point, you know, your vocal cord health has to come into play. So it's like, all right, well, you know, some of those dudes do have to change the way they scream. Other times, they might just do it because, you know, fuck, man, we're touring all the time. And we're, you know, Black Dahlia Murder's busy. Yeah. They have a lot of fucking, like, for being out as long as, they, it, it, first of all, it trips me out how long they've even been out. Yeah, true. Um, but also, man, I mean, they've got a lot of fucking material. And so it's like, you know, and they tour a lot. So it's like, it might just, it might have been a conscious effort. It might not be. It could just be like, this is how my voice sounds. Yeah. You know, but whatever it is, you got to be like, uh, oh, God, Getty Lee, you know, and just be like, you know. Rain it in a little. No, like he told Billy Corgan one time, like, uh, you know, if I had a nickel for every fucking time someone said my voice sucked, that'd be a, f- I wouldn't even need to play music. You know, and it's like, you just have to become comfortable with what you sound like. And mm-hmm. obviously, that's the only thing I fucking really don't like about... Yeah, I mean, I don't know him personally. He could be an asshole for all I know. Trevor? The only thing I don't like about Trevor is, like, fucking... I just don't... It's not even I don't like the highs. It's just they remind me of Danny Filth. Because I, I actually like fucking Danny Filth's vocals back in the day. Like, I actually like the fucking... I like old Cradle Filth, man. I have zero problem with it. Like, But what I... The thing I noticed, especially when Everblack came out, was when I say like the black metal, the black metal like came through a little bit more. Was he did less lows? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot more. Give he didn't and take change it off as much. Yeah. Now I don't know. Like again, I do have a hard time listening to a full album. It's similar to the Acacia Strain. I, they're a great playlist band for me. Yeah, for sure. Particularly with fucking death metal playlists because they're melodic enough to break it up, but they're still fucking extreme on the, They're really on that extreme side of melodic death metal. That's where I think like, they had their cake and could eat it. Yeah, too, like right? way more than Amon Amarth, way yeah. more than, you know, some of those, um, you know, uh, fucking, uh, what the fuck is that? Oh my God. Anyway, 
got dethroned like that sort of thing like th- th- i mean those are like hyper melodic bands like these guys are a little bit more extreme than that yeah so they fit in better with it with the death metal place and they really break it up uh really nice but i i can't i have a hard time listening to a full album all the way through so i haven't been able to notice like on deflore or ritual I think Abysmal was the one I've listened to. Abysmal Nightbringers are the two I've listened to the most, like all the way through, other than Unhallowed. Yeah, I mean that's I all think. they had at the time was Unhallowed, so you can listen to it as many times as you want. And then when the you know well, the yeah, output increases, yeah, but that's increases. clearly to me that's like I mean that's a fucking very much a fucking metalcore album. Okay, so I wanted to get into that because that's where the discussion starts. Is they used to get metalcore thrown at them all the time because that's a metalcore album. I disagree. That is exactly the same thing Unearth is doing. It's the same thing Killswitch Engage was doing. It's the same thing All That Remains was doing. The only difference is is there's no clean vocals. But what does he change it with? He puts in his low vocals. Yeah. He changes it up too. He just instead of singing clean, he fucking puts the lows in there. They have legit fucking chorus parts in there. Killswitch Engage doesn't have like very many solos, if any, on fucking live or just breathing, and especially the. F- See, it's just, it happens. These boxes are touchy. Yeah. But especially the fucking like the first album, like that's just the, it's it's legit just straight up at the gate stuff. Yeah. Like that's no, all was, it fucking was, and yeah. I mean the only difference was for Killswitch Engage and all those other bands. In fact, Unearth has very few clean vocals in their stuff. Trevor yeah, no, Fifth doesn't change his vocals very much. There's albums but as far without as, it. As far as All That Remains in particular and Killswitch Engage, because I want to say Shadows Fall is kind of on a more of like a thrash tip. Um, yeah, they became that. Well, they started thrash out as... Thrash rock tip. Uh, Brian's vocals aren't those that death metal style vocals. Um, of One Blood, though. That's all he was doing. Well, okay, I want to save that for a Shadows Fall thing because I mean, there's a lot of stuff with I'm that. What I'm saying is like... Kill Switch Engage and All That Remains in particular, you know, they had very much that fucking string skippy, string skippy fucking, you know, at the gates, melodic death metal, in flames, old in flames style. Yeah. That first fucking Black Dahlia Murder album has that. In fact, I'll fucking say it right now. I think it's one of the best fucking metalcore albums you'll ever hear in your life. Because the fucking thing is, dudes, like not every metalcore band had fucking breakdowns or has breakdowns in it. Which makes metalcore dicey, but we talked about it on Acacia Strain. Metalcore is the blanket fucking thing. It's an amalgamation of a lot of different things where maybe at one point it started off with like melodic fucking metal like riffs with hardcore breakdowns. But dude, there's a lot of those bands that don't... I mean, the first ones had the, melod- had the fucking breakdowns in it. But a lot of them fucking didn't. Like a lot of, especially the ones that came after that. Like a lot of those bands fucking didn't have the breakdown part of it. But because they still had those same style riffs, they still had the same style vocals, too. That's another big thing with metalcore. Their vocals were heavier than fucking All the new metal, bands. Like, All of which that was too. the other yeah, stuff yeah, at the yeah. time. You know, like, it was kind of overtaking new metal. And it, and it wasn't, um, the vocals are heavier than thrash vocals. The vocals are heavier than new metal vocals. The vocals are heavier than, at the time... They weren't brutal death metal vocals, but they were that de- de- death metal vocals. Those high screams are considered death metal vocals mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Like, they have those. So I think anything that kind of came out with that, I mean, that's why Lamb of God got lumped into metalcore band also. Mm-hmm. 
was because well, and they did have the they, you know they did have some fucking breakdowns. I was but gonna again, say I'd argue Lamb of God's more metalcore than this. But, but the thing is, like they they talk about fucking doing that fucking shit because you know it's like what you said with Suicide Silence. They only threw fucking breakdowns in because that's everybody what the else kids was. Want. Yeah. But like Black Dahlia Murder, there's fucking parts on on how that I can hear that you could consider a fucking breakdown. It's not a fucking chuggy chuggy breakdown, but it's definitely a breakdown because that episode might not be out. I don't know if I'm gonna put that one out. Ah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. That's. As far as like the look, they had well, the, they had yeah. the metalcore look, but that has more to do with your age than anything else. Then that was just the time. But Everybody they had the fucking that. standard. Like, dude, they had the metalcore riffs. The if I, I would almost say, other than Kill Switch Engage, they're almost the ultimate to me. They fucking, you will never hear a band that sounds more like At the Gates than fucking Black Dahlia Murder. That is, I could buy. Uh, well, well no, the first album. I was going to say, also on that tip, well, let's go a little forward real quick. Do they stop becoming metalcore at a certain point and just become melodic death metal to you? Oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely. Which album? Miasma. Okay. Well. I don't think Miasma has the same fucking style as, dude, nothing after Unhallowed sounds like Unhallowed, dude. That, that is true. It, do, it just doesn't. But Unhallowed, again, it sounds more like Killswitch Engage and Unearth and All That Remains than it does... In Flames, a revocation, which is one, you know, like a contemporary now of theirs, that similarly, I have a hard time listening to a lot of it because there's something about the sound. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, man, if I'm listening to melodic death metal, I guess sometimes, man, like if I'm listening to it for the melodic side of it, I need it to be really melodic. Right. Or I yeah, want, yeah, it, to, no, or I'm I'm want it to be mo- really melodic. Like a Monomart's hyper melodic. Yeah. But if I need them to be in a fucking death metal playlist, the leash gets a little bit like yeah longer. Like I mean, it's, it's like a song okay, by like song case you guys thing. can you know now the that now that that melody factor is a little bit less. Like I don't care so much about it. And Revocation is the same way. I'm I, and I know there's probably a ton of bands I'm fucking missing in there, but but they're definitely more like that style now. Then fucking Unhallowed. Unhallowed was definitely of at the time when all you have to do is look at the time when it came out, dude, and look at what else was there. It's it's kind of just like all that other stuff, except there's no singy shit. Hey, before I get any hate or even comments, I love the singy shit. Yeah, so but but they just had a different breakup. I see. Right, so everybody else broke it up with their fucking singing vocals or. A different type of vocal that they could do. Black Dahlia Murder breaks it up with the low vocals. But dude, Unhallowed, man, is like... That first album, I swear to God, dude, this... If you like fucking early 2000... Like, early to mid-2000s metalcore, and you haven't heard the first Black Dahlia Murder, maybe you've only heard the new shit, and you just didn't bother listening to anything go... Like, maybe you just That's heard... That's a lot of people, dude, I know for sure. go back and listen to that first fucking album, because you will love that album. You know what's you a bummer, though? You will thank me later. Some people can't get past that production, dude. I, I've talked to so many people, oh, the only one I don't like is Unhallowed, and I was just like, fuck... But I mean, if that's your entry point, is something way down the line, and you're so used to them sounding well, no, so different. Well, no, but like that's the thing. If you if you like what they sound like now, just stay with that because yeah. they don't sound like that on Howard. Exactly. If you like mid to early two thousands metalcore. Listen to Unhallowed, dude. You will thank me and you will thank D'Lo later because that is one of the best metalcore albums you'll ever fucking hear. It is so fucking good. The transitions, excellent. They have shit that, um, you know, it's, you're fucking, and then all of a sudden it's like, and then all of a sudden fucking, like, 
they have it makes your head move a lot of different ways. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I can't really explain it. Yeah. You can't see me right now. So it makes your head move a lot of different ways. Like within the same song. And almost all of it is catchy. To the point, dude, where you'll get it mixed up. Mm-hmm. It's so it's such a fucking catchy album. Yeah. On one hand, I fucking really wish they would have stayed with that. I do too. Because same, yeah. no one does it with those kind of vocals. No, for sure. Right? Yeah. But on the other, I mean, on another hand, though, I mean, I do, I like what they do now. And yeah. I like how extreme they are in that realm. Like, and again, I'm a black metal fan, but I don't listen to black metal all the time. But they have enough black metal in, like, style in there to where it does kind of remind me of that. Long progressions is another thing that, and I know they've had, you know, a fucking zillion different members. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know where it all comes from because it all sounds relatively co- cohesive. Yeah. But if you, as soon as your catalog gets big enough to where if you get a new guy in, he kind of knows what your band's about. So it's like, yeah. okay, if, is this person going to work or not? Well, so, Brian, from what I understand, uh, kind of lays the foundation of everything, right? And then the lead players kind of come in what they do. Because that's the thing is you can tell that there's a different guy when the different guy comes well, in. Well, by right? now, I mean, if someone, if someone, you know, if they needed a fucking guitar player... I mean, someone could go back through their body of work and be like, oh, yeah, this is right up my alley. Or, oh, no, I'm not even going to bother trying out. Yeah. Like, so they have those long progressions. They have a little bit thinner fucking, you know, their guitars are very gainy. They have a little bit more, uh, they don't have much beef on their guitars, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, they're the pace, incredible pace. Like, they're generally fast most of the fucking time, right? Yeah. It's there's there's a little bit of black metal in, and then obviously the high vocals. You know, well, you I mean? know what else to me as a longtime Castlevania fan sticks out is they've said they're influenced by the Castlevania soundtracks. So that's where that little. So here's the other thing: a lot of if you look at a lot of in, um, the aesthetic of the melodic death metal bands from Sweden, say that they came from. They have their own unique take. That's not. It's a little more Halloween than say an At the Gates or a. Uh, or an in flames. It's a little thrashier too. It's, yeah, it's most less definitely. Iron Maiden, a little more thrashy. Yeah, even though they say they're you know. way mega influenced by Iron Maiden well, too. I'm but sure. they also say um, so was Metallica. And they don't sound anything like Iron Maiden. Yeah. But Megadeth too. They have those same kind of riffs also. You know what I mean? Like, so they hmm. are because I mean, dude, don't hey if you like. <laughs> If you like Warbringer or something, and you're thinking fucking Black Dahlia Murder is going to have the same kind of risk, that's not what I'm saying. It's, they're just a little thrashier on the thrashier side riffage than the uh, the really like the really melodic fucking you know uh, at the gates in flames old soil work stuff. Like that's all. Like at least that's what I hear when I listen to those riffs, man. Like I yeah. hear fucking thrash, black, and fucking melodic. That's what I fucking hear, man. Yeah. And then they throw in all kinds of other shit, like, which a lot of bands do now. When you say this band is a fucking, is this kind of band, you're speaking, what's the majority of the stuff they do? Yeah, it's like, of course, like, you know, this band might have a breakdown or two on a song. It doesn't mean they're, you know, down for the core or whatever. Whatever core means, I don't even know what that means anymore. At this point, I don't think it does. I, it, dude, almost, well, it's just like anytime anybody wants to consider something fucking heavy or hard, they just throw core on the end of it. So it's like, okay, is that what it means now? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Black Dahlia Murder, fucking, they were really young. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I mean, I don't think Lamb of God was super young, but I mean, they clearly were not 
like comfortable playing guitar solos yet, at right. least. Killswitch Engage too. They yeah. were another one where it was like, oh, well, we don't have a lot of guitar. I don't think they have any on the early shit. No, uh, up until it was a big deal when he finally included one on Breathe Life on End of Heart. Right. So it was like, um, you know, now they fucking do them and they're great at it. Like, and yeah. it's it's solely just a guitar player. I mean, a tray is another one. Like, it's just solely when you start getting better at your instrument, you might want to throw some of that thing in. Maybe. They wanted to have them, but they didn't feel comfortable playing one, or they just maybe they didn't know how to fucking write one. Like I, I fucking don't know how to fucking write a guitar solo. I was like, whatever. Right. But I mean, they ended up they they certainly got there because, and I know yes, they've had a zillion fucking guys, but damn, they've got some. I haven't noticed anything album to album, but definitely, I mean, obviously, song to song. I mean, some of the solos are better than others. I haven't really noticed it from album to album. Yeah, but I feel like. Everblack had some really good fucking guitar solos on it. Yeah. To me, that's to me Everblack. Well, okay, Everblack and uh, Abysmal. I'm trying to figure oh, wait, out who no. the hell okay. was even on that. So this was this was something I was gonna bring. Ooh. Wow, I'm glad we got here. I noticed something when I was listening to was like uh, Everblack, Abysmal, and Nightbringers. They're not as that thing I said. Like they're that that abrasive mix mm-hmm. in fact Nightbringers actually has a very it's easier on the ears and you can kind of pick out the riffs a little bit better to me it kind of starts with Everblack but I haven't listened to Ritual a whole lot it may have yeah, started there right. I don't know hmm. Miasma because of slower obviously you could hear the riffs a little bit better and it has more of like that metalcore especially like Especially the end of heartache style sound, you know the thicker sound, the fucking more polished fucking sound. Miasma has that fucking sound. In fact, maybe that's why a lot of people like it. But then you go directly from that because you have this thin sounding thing. Okay, now we have the polished thing, and then they go right into fucking nocturnal, which definitely has that fucking. It's kind of back to the more abrasive sound, and Deflore after that has that same kind of sound. I don't know about Ritual if they have it also, but like it almost seems like they were really fucking saying like, okay, well, wait a minute. We just put out our first two albums. They're kind of not that similar, but all of a sudden it's like by the time fucking Nocturnal comes out, it's like, okay, dude, we know what we are and we know what we want to do. And you even look at fucking Nocturnal's album cover. They brought in Christian. It looks and it screams... And I've never fucking played any of the games other than the original one, but it just screams fucking, you know, Castlevania black mm-hmm. metal, yeah. vampires and fucking demons and fucking werewolves and yeah. that sort of thing. Like, it, it just, and I mean, yeah, the album cover's blue, yeah. <laughs> the album's called Nocturnal, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. But, but even the sound on the album, like, it just They complement each other very that, well. Yeah, dude, it just, it really fucking sounds how it looks. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Do you know who the guy that did that artwork is? It's Christian Wayland who did the uh, artwork on Slaughter of the Soul, and he was... Which is why everything has the, the single hue. Yeah, and uh, yeah, shading. yeah. Uh, and uh, he was also a bandmate with uh, Tomas from At The Gates in Grotesque and Great Deceiver. Ooh, I really wish Great Deceiver nice. was still a thing, but... Yeah, that was, um, yeah, like their artwork, their logo. Yeah. Can we just talk about the logo? It's Fuck, been the same dude. one since at least it Unhollowed, right? It is fucking awesome. Yeah. Dude, they have one of the fucking best logos around, I yeah. think. Like, um, crazy, 
stacked, readable. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's so fucking cool, dude. Like they have a unique aesthetic and I appreciate they can the put that. A lot of different types of uh artwork with it yeah. and it works like awesome. You know what I did like about Miasma was the packaging. I, I liked the weird Vegas stuff. See, I didn't like that. I, at the very least, I liked the idea. I, I don't even remember the interior. I like the cover. But yeah, then... When I saw the cover, I was kind of <clears> like, what the fuck, man? Like Going from straight black nothingness on Unhollowed, pretty much. Well, because, I mean, that's the weird thing. It was like, I mean, I guess I didn't know what to expect. I just thought it looked a little too normal. Mm. You know, because Unhallowed... Well, Again, I had no expectations when Unhallowed came out. It wasn't like I thought that was the awesomest album cover. Right. I, it was just like the the logo looked fucking cool as fuck. Yeah. But then Miasma comes out, and I'm like, eh. It was when Nocturnal came out, and I was like, damn. Like, okay, like, you know, this album cover's fucking cool. How about the Flory? Like, I mean, I know we talked about it before, but, dude, like, that shit reminds me of some Power Slave type shit. Yeah. Super colorful. A lot of stuff going on. Ritual? Oh, yeah, yeah, Ritual. Well, Ritual's like, a good one, too. It's just like, a big-ass um, Ouija board or something, right? Is it? Sort of. I, I thought there was some theme to that at the very least. And they're all doing their press photos and cloaks and shit. I don't remember. Ever Black is just like a tornado or something, right? Yeah, it's just like a weird tornado thing with no credit on the artwork. Hmm. It's, it's weird because it's almost like the... Um, for Ever Black, it's like... And this is kind of Everblack was kind of when they went back to the single hue. Yeah, it, if you're looking at it on Spotify, it's kind of easy to mix this one up with Nocturnal. I mean, it's a little bit purpler, but not quite purple. It's, but it's more purple than Nocturnal, which yeah. is straight fucking dark, like mm-hmm. dark blue. But this remi- like Everblack reminds me of the um, a lot of death metal album covers where that you you have the side and then it's just fucking mirrored on the other side. Yeah. And then a couple things are changed. That's what that reminds me of. Nightbringers is another fucking awesome one, dude. And I don't I think, really know what's going on in there. It's just a bunch of dudes in robes or something, right? But that was the thing. Like, if you really look at it, yeah, it's like they have these. They kind of look like stones at first, but it's actually like dudes in robes, like walking on a trail or, or something. Like, yeah. Um, but it's like a mountainous. It's just like a landscape thing. Yeah. Kind of like fucking, you know, Nocturnal has like the... You know, but that's the thing. Like, Nocturnal has the gargoyles mm-hmm. and the castle. I mean, it screams Castlevania slash vampire, you know, whatever. Halloween shit. Abysmal is like one of my favorites. Because what? the color yeah. scheme, it's got the yellow and the orange with the black and the fucking brown. Yeah. But it's got like the creature. I mean, it's just typical fucking, you know, brutal death metal fucking album yeah. cover. Like, I love that one. Going back to the production stuff real quick, I'm, I was seeing a pattern with what you were saying. Oh, I want this the, uh, shirt. Because they started working. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They got six shirts, too, is that, for the most is part. Is that a shirt design? It might be. It might be. I, I, I've lost track of their merch at so dude, much point. I, the way they use color to complement the imagery is fucking fantastic, dude. I might leave this in. I want that fucking shirt, dude. Yeah, do it up. That shit is fucking awesome. Oh, is it just a purple castle against a green sky or something like that? Yeah, but it's not all the one shade. Like, yeah, it's no, that's basically the it's... nocturnal album cover, but not all one shade. Fuck, yeah. dude! Like the way that fucking purple, like the gradient in the yeah. in the logo. Yeah, fuck, that their was imagery sick as fuck. Dude. It, it's it's so easy to make that generic, but they make it their own to where you're like, oh, that's so deflorate, dude. Yeah. Like they, it's got this thing sitting on this fucking weird throne. Mm-hmm. 
this basically like two fucking creatures. Like I don't know if they're creatures, but I every it's like time two I dudes fucking bent over, like fucking holding this thing up. Yeah, and it's funny. All these things look like little pillars. Yeah, and they're actually dudes in hoods. Yeah, every robes. time I look at it, I just notice something different. Yeah, you know? but these dudes. Yeah, 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 for sure. The other hooded guys, yeah. right? There's always something new to see. You know, in but that yeah, one. the 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 big creature thing that's holding the fucking torch and it has like a quadruple gas mask thing. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, it's something. It reminds me of something Derek Riggs, like would draw for sure. Most like it definitely. looks like an it looks like an Iron Maiden album cover, and I think it's fucking awesome. And now I'm gonna look at Ritual real quick. That's not really a Ouija board. I thought that, you know uh, what it but was? there's a lot going on. They might have had a Ouija board themed after Ritual that they were selling as Maybe. like a pre-order thing or something, I Maybe, think. Maybe, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of fucking stuff going on. Oh, yeah. For it's sure. Like a, it's almost like, you know what it reminds me? It's like a tapestry or something. Yeah. You it's, know, it's, but, it's got a weird... Yeah, they've always, they've always had, again, like that logo just really sets off any fucking artwork. Oh. Oh, fuck, dude. Look at that shit. Yeah. I don't even know what's going on. It's one of those things you can get lost in real easy. But yeah, going back to the production thing. So they started working with, yeah, that's the DVD. Is the it? The first one. Uh, I haven't watched the second one. Okay, we'll save that for later. Um, so on the production, they started working with Jason Sukoff, who became production Jesus for a hot minute after his work with Trivium in 2007 with uh, Nocturnal. And then uh, they kept working with him until Everblack, and then their old bassist Bart who was also one of the co-producers on Unhollowed, came in. And then ever since then, they've been working with just Bart. Or not just, but uh, Mark Lewis also did Abysmal, who's also who also does stuff with Jason Sukoff, but he's done a lot of stuff with Deicide and Cannibal in recent years. But the last one, uh, Nightbringers, is all Bart, their old bass player. And so maybe there's some thing to the return to the Unhollowed vibe, for lack of better definition, by Bart coming back. Interesting. Side note, I haven't seen Black Dahlia since Bart was still in the band, so I need to actually see them again, and that was fucking years ago at this point. Man, I I have yeah, I haven't seen them since that fucking summer slot. I've only seen them one time. For I want to see them again, yeah. but they just in order for me to go see them. Now, granted, for a long time I quit going to shows, period. Like I just wouldn't go to fucking concerts. Right. I was just over it. But they're also like now. They would have to be on the right bill because I've gone to a couple shows where it's like I was kind of just there for one band, mm-hmm. maybe two. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the whole show, but yeah, dude, like now it's like I'm, I mean, money's a little bit tighter. So it's like I, I hear that. I've been a little more picky with the bills because I want, I would rather save my money and go to a show that like has all of the bands I yeah. want to fucking see, you know what I mean? Yeah, the value of it. Well, that was the trip when they did that, uh, and I like this idea, when they did the nationwide tour, but they had, like, different bands performing, you know, in different regions unique to them or whatever. So when I see the rest of that bill, I was like, oh, fucking Pig Destroyer. Oh, of course, they're only playing Maryland. Oh, X-Band. Oh, they're only oh, right. playing that. There. See, that happens a lot, yeah. too. And it's like, so when by oh, the right. time they get out here, it's just like they were the only band I was interested in really seeing. I do like the idea, but, like, I just wish they had more i don't want to say interesting but you know more bands that had interest to me in the area all righty so as we start this off every time (laughs) it's time for the list uh i can't even fucking do it even justice yeah yeah. even fucking around no justice that sounds like a hardcore lyric of some sort (laughs) 
Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Honorable mention threat level number three. Okay, that was my one of my they other ones too. They have a legitimate slam in yeah. there that is fucking awesome yeah. and nowhere else in their whole catalog. Yeah, I'd like to see them branch out into other stuff like that in the future. Like, like it was cool that they're just like, hey, let's do something. That it's isn't. not very long. It's like. Oh. Eight bars? Yeah, it's, it's simple. It's, it's, like, it's it gets the point across. Absolutely. So that's one like, of mine too. That's one thing I liked about them. They kind of have these parts that they just like throw in every once in a while. Like yeah, they just oh well, let's just well, you know, uh, and they're not very long parts, so that it's not really like they're going away from their sound or anything. I guess that's the thing that keeps their sound. Their sound is they they, they don't do those things all the time. But I mean. They've got a lot of stuff, dude. They could throw in a slam every once in a while, or, or even like a fucking, uh, like an '80s, like glam riff or something. Yeah. Which, will be coming up later, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. I don't know if you call it '80s glam riff. Maybe. A, a, just '80s in general, maybe. Yeah, kind like, of. It's, it's, it's that, that style, whatever. Um, yeah. Another one is "Goat of Departure." Which one's this? I think it's second song on fucking uh, Nocturnal. Is it? I don't know. Hold on. I'm bad with names after a certain point. Do that fucking that is reminiscent of that you know metal fucking core big melody stuff that they did on yeah. Unhallowed. Like that riff reminds me of something that they do off of Unhallowed. You know, it's it's funny when they were talking about other ways to describe their riffs, they called uh, one of them uh, puffy shirt riffs. Like like you know the puffy uh, shirt, you well, know like the, the Seinfeld shirt or whatever. Yeah. Like like you know for lack of maybe neoclassical the, or the whatever. Fucking but Prince yeah. shirts. But yeah, even Ingve yeah. Malmsteen wore a lot of those. So that's probably what there they, you that's go. probably where the, what it's in reference to. But yeah. yeah, like that one, and it's got a cool little fucking you know. Like the thing at the start, mm-hmm. where it's almost like that same melodic part. It's just like a broken up staccato version of it at the start of the song. Off of Everblack, we found out it's off of Ever Everblack. So yeah, it's around that time or maybe Ritual that I stopped paying attention to individual songs, and I'm just like, this is cool. You know what I mean? Like, like- see, that's kind of where I start. I guess not so, not names though, but I mean that's where I really like we just said it like that's to me where it starts to have a better sound. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound so. I guess I mean I, I guess raw is probably the way it, it. It's it's a little more abrasive before that, and again yeah. I don't think do you have, you don't have your list. No, but I know what it is. Neither of us had anything from Ritual. No. Off of our list, I mean I even have a song off of. Oh, wait, maybe not. I thought yeah, I had a song yeah, yeah, yeah. off of fucking Deflorate on here. I have one up. Yeah, I do. Deflorate. I do. Same. Cool. Uh, I, I, to me, as far as like the last four albums go, <laughs> Ritual's good, but that was the least uh, unique to me, or that was the one where maybe things stood out the least to me. It's really fucking good. That was the last album I saw them on. It's just like compared to what came out on Everblack, Abysmal, and uh, Nightbringers. I just didn't have the same extra little something to it. I don't even know if I've listened to it enough to make that comment. In fact... I don't think I have, dude. I would almost say that's just above Miasma to me. And only because it's just I like the other six so much that, you know, would be above that. Whereas Miasma, I'm just like, eh, in general. But, like, like Ritual's good. It's just... Well, to me, like... I. Miasma's definitely the low point. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, 
at least you got rid of it early on. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, yeah, it's, you know, you've been slugging pretty well since then. You know, uh, and I, I can't. I mean, nothing's really bad on it. It's just, oh, it's just slow and sluggish, is what it sounds like. It lacks a little extra something that was found on Unhollowed and all the ups, you know subsequent albums. Anything else as far as honorable mentions? Uh, I will return. Okay. Uh, Bloodmine. Great name. Jesus Christ, dude. Is that all fucking Everblack too? Maybe. Oh, my God. Am I just like an Everblack fanboy? Oh, my God, I am. Yeah, you're learning something about yourself. It's a nice transition. Dude. That fucking... I mean, that is like fucking melodic death metal at its fucking core. Mm-hmm. Like... That is the exact thing. I mean, and then the fucking main, like the the fucking the intro riff, and then it goes to like it plays the same thing, but like it's the high part. Yeah, like it's just so fucking melodic death metal, black you know black dolly murder style, mm-hmm. melodic death metal. Really surprised I had two off of Everblack, but like I said, I mean, this is where to me it starts sounding better. Like, and I can just listen to some of these songs a little bit more often, I guess. Uh, but fuck, man, like, yeah, that one's really good. It's really catchy. It stands out, and like you can hear all of like the riffs. And to me, it's like what that's what is the biggest part of that whole like that raunchier sound that they had, you know, on like. Nocturnal, which is probably their most popular album, if we're being honest. But some of their stuff, man, does have like raunchier production, rawer production. And so it, yeah, I mean, it's a little more harder on the ears, but like Everblack has a really good fucking sound on it. So does Nightbringer. So that's, yeah, that's it for my honorable mentions. I, I had, you know, I just had like about four written down. I mean, they are samey enough. I mean, I'm sure you could probably pick out a lot of different things. And again, if I, I feel like, I mean, I don't listen to them a whole lot, but I do listen to them more than I like to. I guess I listen to them more than I fucking give credit. Like, I've heard them a lot of times. Yeah, for sure. You know, but compared to you know some of the stuff I listen to a lot, like yeah, man, I I, I don't listen to them that much, so I can't really say like, oh my god, like. But I have heard every single song multiple times, you know, so it's like good enough to fucking make a list, you know, where this is like my five is like my standout fucking shit. Of constant, theirs. constant. You know what I mean? Rotation. Yeah. Well, so are there any honorable mentions for you? Only other thing I wanted to say was Nightbringers as a whole, man, because that's just front to back. It's not super long. You can get it in in one sitting pretty easy. Uh this is a very streamlined version of what they do best. They throw gang vocals in there. They like they, they mix it up a lot. It's just a very... They've always been an energetic band, but the, the consistency of that energy is very palpable in Nightbringers to me. Yeah, dude, that's I wish a I would have seen sick them. album. Didn't they do it in its entirety, like on a tour not too long ago? They did? I thought that, I think. Maybe, huh. yeah. I know um, they played here recently, but I didn't know they were doing... Yeah, they've done Unhollowed in its entirety. They've done um, Nocturnal in its entirety, which I would have liked to have seen both. Fuck, I would like to see both of those. Yeah, um, and then I'm pretty sure they either were doing Nightbringers in its entirety or they're gonna. Uh, either way, I mean, obviously they're doing that for a reason. So just shout out that whole album in general. It's it's consistent as hell, and I can't wait to see what comes next. On that note, how about we get into your number five? The list. 
My number five is Christ Deformed. If I remember right... Deflorate? The reason why is because he's predominantly all low. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, you're like a minute and a half into a fucking three-minute song. Yeah. You know, before he even hits a high vocal. Yep. That might be a, a record for Trevor of low vocals in a row. I mean, actually, this song is probably the least melodic death metal there there is, and probably the most death metal song that I... It's the most what I remember hearing, you know, and that's... I mean, that's why... It's one of their standout fucking songs to me is because it's easily the 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 most lows he does in a fucking song, man. Like I always liked the fucking song and when I was we were gonna do the list, I kept trying to find it again. I'm like, what song was that? Because I remember there being I, I mean honestly, I remember there being another like a, two songs where he actually had more lows than highs away from Unhallowed. Okay. And so yeah. I was trying to find him. I don't think I ever found the other one, <laughs> but mm. I definitely found Christ Deformed. And, you know, the song title, you know, helps a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. That's true. It is. It's a standout of sorts, isn't it? Oh, yeah, dude. For sure. Like, I, uh, dude, they got great fucking song titles. Dude. No, no like, doubt. Yeah. I fucking. I, Closed Casket Requiem just sounds cool in general. Oh, yeah, dude. Their whole fucking, their whole fucking deal, man, is just great, dude. Like, super. I mean, if you're one of those metal as a verb type people, they're, they're super metal. Complete package, yeah. Friggin' A. Number five? My for number you. five, going Death Mask Divine off Nocturnal. It's just like, that whole album's sick. Nice. That's the, that's the standout for me. Like, like, it's just the sense of melody. It's not overly melodic, it skates a certain line. It's like, it was like a certain almost meeting point of hollow, or unhollowed. To like the good parts of Miasma, and like it kind of fits somewhere in the middle to me, and it was, I I really liked it a lot. The um, the story of what it's about is fucked up, and I actually knew that from when I was a kid because it was on some Discovery Channel thing my dad was watching. Go read it for yourself. I it's gross. It's fucking disgusting. But like, you know, Trevor trying to find ways to do the gross death metal lyric stuff, but in his own unique way, and pulling from real life stories like that. Uh, it was an interesting compliment because it's sort of a love story if you're <laughs> depending on what it is that that person's in love with. Like, again, read the story for yourself. Twisted. It's fucking gross. I haven't seen him play it live, but I'm sure it's fucking sick. Dude, it's just like the evil as fucking wedding march. Song. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Fucking, it's great. Dude. Absolutely. Um, it's, I'll just say it now. It's my number three. There you go. That fucking, uh, what do you call it, man? Like that, well, okay, for one, that fucking part I just did, awesome sounding, yeah. dude. Does catchy as hell solo, uh, too, from what I recall. And, and then that's the other thing. I mean, the, the fucking uh, solo on that, like, is just, to me, it's like one of the better ones. Oh, my God. There was, okay, so I'm just looking up the lyrics right now. Hold on. <laughs> Jason very calmly and patiently reads the lyrics as he's taking in exactly what's going on here. Oh, okay. So I'm training our friend Josh at the gym one day, and I threw on some Black Dahlia Murder. He mentioned the song Death Mask Divine. Actually, I think, I don't even know if Black Dahlia Murder was on. We were talking about the guy, Ryan Knight? Yeah. The, uh... 
but that talking was, about that him, he's talking about a solo or something like that, and like he was, you know, um, he he mentioned this song, and I was like, I went and put it on, and like it's all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, like is this the one where it's like the cold and blue song? And he was like, yeah. You know, so I was like, okay, whatever. Like, okay, I need to listen to the song. And it was like, yeah, dude, like, this is the song. But the the lyrics on there is like, oh, no, it's not the end. Forever you'll be in my arms. I can never let you go, my darling, cold and, cold and blue. I wonder, are you dreaming? Still spread eagle, blood removed. I weave the sucking trocar beneath your bruising skin. Tonight I'll lay beside you, darling, in necromantic sin. That's over the fucking evil wedding part. Like, yeah. And fuck. Yeah. It's just awesome mm-hmm. and the rest of the lyrics are all fucked up oh yeah, yeah yeah you know you like horror shit gross shit yeah mm-hmm. definitely check the lyrics straight on that one. necrophilia dude it's fucking cool cool fucking song mm-hmm. start to finish what is your number four my number four did we not do your number five or if number your number four we did my number five yeah we did your number five did we do your number four wait i did five. Oh. I guess it's my number four, huh? Yeah. I'm going first. Yeah. Ah! Surprise! Oh, it's because I said my number three, so I yeah, was yeah, fucking no thinking. Worries. Okay, so. No worries. My number four is Closed Casket Requiem. It's funny you mentioned that. That's mine as well. Nice. I think we talked about this before. Like, you and I were struggling not to just make five tracks of. Oh, I can easily of- fucking make five songs. Five, the top five off of Unhallowed. Unhallowed, yeah. Easy, but down and down, down, and down, 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 or fuck Anders, or fucking Tomas, or fucking Bjorn. Like, you could put any of those dudes on this fucking song, and it will work. It's just that kind of a fucking song. No solo, they have the fucking... Like, it slows, but it doesn't get mellow. Yeah. Like, in the middle. Yeah, and then it picks right up, and then it picks up even further after that. Yeah, so... It's melodic, I mean, fucking super melodic, all the way through. Yeah, and it's what well, it's and it's catchy melodic, mm-hmm. like bad. This is, but this is one where it's like, I mean, it's so it's the transition where it's like that fucking dun 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 at that spot, there's like fucking five other riffs on this album that you could be like, it's going to go into that one. And I get it mixed up all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. No, it's there's... just because it's that catchy. And other shit on this album is that catchy. Mm-hmm. To where you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, I could just piece it all together into one huge, ultra fucking melodic song. Yeah. And absolutely. it's just great. Listen to the fucking album, especially if you like melodic fucking shit. If you like, and especially like, you know, even even the the fucking metalcore guys, the fucking melodic death metal guys, like all of it. Like, listen to it, man. You'll fucking definitely love it. You know, it's funny. A song like that in particular, I'd be curious to see how they wrote it. If it's just like, did he just have a bunch of parts that just happened to work together, or did it, was it like he started with one and then you kind of went outward from there? You know, like. There's a lot of great moments in that song in particular, you know? 
I think I heard a fucking band. Uh, the fuck was that? I can't remember. What it, was. it was like kids though. They were like really young. How long ago? Fuck, man. I mean, this is like when I lived here the first time. It's like 2004, oh, 2005, shit. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. They were like they played. I think it was that one. And they just fucking killed it, man. I was just like, holy fuck, dude. Like, yeah. This is so fucking good, dude. Maybe my buddy Sal can hit me up and remind me who the fuck that band was. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they became anything or not, but I'm pretty sure it was that fucking song. But, like, again, like, that was one I heard off mp3.com. I was like, god damn, dude. Like, this is fucking cool. But it, at the same time, I still wasn't there yet to where it was like, this is the shit. Yeah. You know, so... Okay, so we have the same one there. Mm-hmm. Now we're on to your number three, because my number three was Death Mask Divine. Yes. My number three, I don't know that I've ever looked up the lyrics until just now, and now I'm wondering if this fucking song's about Walt Disney. I'm going with Off the Floor 8, I Will Return. Nice. Yep. Which you mentioned earlier. Yes. Have you looked at the lyrics before? No, I haven't. Okay, so this is the first time. They're talking about like a dude from the point of being cryogenically frozen knowing that or you know thinking that there'll be advancements in the future and shit. Now there's a lot of stuff about stories with cryogenics, but the one that sticks out to me the most is Walt Disney. So I wonder <laughs> I got to I wonder if he's ever been asked this cuz I'm kind of well, tempted to. This is the one to. that has the fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah. A very epic. It's an epic fucking song. Yeah. It's like a fucking power metal intro kind of like hold that thought. Okay, so I think I did the wrong intro. I mean, that's what I but dude that fucking that progression on there when it like gets out of the intro like the first progression i'm gonna have to listen to it again so i can like memorize it real quick but yeah dude's like like it's a long fucking progression all double picking city it's a really long progression dude like i like that about these guys because i've I may have said it in another episode, but I like like the long progressions. I think I may have said it more, but Angel, I always like that sort of thing. It, it, it makes a riff a little bit longer, gets righted out a little bit more, and it sounds really cool. You know, fucking double picking city on it always works for me. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why it was on one of mine. I don't know who the guy is, but that was one of my favorite guitar solos. That's Ryan Knight. That's that. That's his first oh, time. Is it? Yeah, that's so his... like, but. Like the almost like the whole first part of that solo is all doubled, mm-hmm. like with that little fucking harmony, sick as fuck. Yeah, the the riff behind it's kind of opened up a little bit for Black Dahlia Murder, like in mm-hmm. j- just shred fucking city, dude. Like the guy, Arsis, right? Yeah, that's the Arsis that. guy. Yeah. yeah, fuck man, like that shit. Yeah, dude, like that shit's cool. I so he's on this album, Ritual and Ever Black. Uh, I'm yeah, probably. Sure I think, I think guy, right? he's on Abysmal too. Let's oh, see. Wow. Because they, 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 I think that guy only came on. Yeah, he's all the way from uh, Deflore to Abysmal because the dude that came after him's first album was uh, Nightbringers. So nice. he had a pretty good right. In fact, he Your had father. the most uh, consecutive albums in a row for any lead guitarist right. in Black Dahlia. So yeah, man. I mean, him. he's shreddy as fuck, dude. Like that shit was fucking really cool. I fucking. You know, yeah, I mean, that's why it made my honorable, you know, and that, you know, again, sometimes, you know, it's just a part here or there, or sometimes it's just a fucking solo, you know, and you're just listening to the riffs, you know, as long as the verse doesn't, you know, as long as the other, the rest of the song doesn't fuck it up so bad so you can't listen to the <laughs> the one part you like. Yeah. I think you're fucking good, man. Like, 
Yeah, that's a fucking good call on that one, man. Number three, I will return. Most My deaf. number two is as good as dead. I mean, dude, it's a fucking 80s glam slash thrash slash rockin' riff, dude. <laughs> but it's also got, like, this fucking crazy-ass, like, unearth like weedly weedly fucking intro on it dude like i'll fucking play it for you because like i think i had to last time fuck man when i first so when i first started listening to nightbringers um as good as dead for some reason it's really weird i i fucking was trying to find it and i can't for some reason i keep thinking it's like the first or second song it's actually the second to the last song let me i'm gonna play it real quick so yeah it's got the fucking yeah. With the Wheatleys behind it, mm-hmm. fucking straight up, like fucking, just reminds me of Unearth. The fucking when they break into the fucking that '80s fucking riff to me, it's I mean it's something that could be off like Bark at the Moon or yeah, fucking most definitely you know I you know fucking something Dio would fucking do or something. God, yeah. it's just so fucking cool and so different for what they fucking do. You know, it's funny as I was looking up because I just remembered this and I confirmed this. Uh, I said that Ryan Knight, who came before him, got poached from um, Arsis. Uh, the guy they have now, who's that that's his first record, Brandon Ellis, was also taken from Arsis as well. No shit. Yeah, well, I remember yeah, him I'm talking be- now. That, that's like the joke is that it's like Farm League for Black Dahlia Murder. Right. At that point. <laughs> oh, dude, we need to make fucking jerseys, dude. It's just be like the fucking Black, Black, Black Dahlia, Dahlia Farm, Farm League. League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fucking great, man. Uh, poor just bastards. Like fucking... I always meant to get more into Arsis, by the way. I just, I never... Oh, they're pretty cool. I listened to them way back, but I mean, they're really long between albums. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I guess I could see why, I mean, if they're having a hard time keeping fucking people, or if they're having a hard time getting stuff done, people might be like, you know what? I'm out, dude. Yeah. I'm going to go play with a fucking band that's doing more. Yeah. I mean, you know, no offense to Arsis, but... I mean, I know they just did something. They just had something recently, but fuck, I think I'm pretty sure it was really long time in between albums. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's his face? The main guy uh, was having some health issues for a long time, so I'm sure that didn't help. But part and parcel, man. I remember a tour way back in the day when, like, all these bands were first coming up in prominence, where it was All Shall Perish, Arsis, and the Faces. Never mind. 2006, 2008, 2010, 2013. Wait, some of these are like re-releases or something, mm-hmm. and they just had something in 2018. They were on Willow Tip for a moment. I remember that. You remember Willow Tip? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Decrepit Birth was on there. I thought, or Odious Mortem, or one of those two. Mm. Yeah, maybe they're not as inactive as I thought. Maybe they're just not on my radar. Yeah, same. Either way, get on your arses for keeping it going. That was your number two. Yes. So right. your number two. My number two is actually the second actual legitimate song off of Unhallowed, Elder Misanthropy, dude. It's the perfect follow-up to the opener. It's still highly energetic. It's melodic as hell. It's uh, it's only two and a half minutes. I appreciate the hell out of that. I uh, When they finally started playing it live, I was mega stoked about it, and it was cool just seeing the energy and the crowd pick up that much more whenever they would play it live. I don't know what the hell it's about. I'm sure it's really cool, but, like... It's just a fun-ass song, dude. It's it's like the perfect way to follow up Funeral Thirst and then go into Contagion right after that, which is a lot more, you know, sinister. Yeah. 
yeah. So, yeah, yeah fucking town. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I feel you. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. I feel you. No, but the main part of the fucking town. Down, 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 That shit's fucking cool, but yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. The, you polish up the fucking. Like, you polish that up, and it's a fucking kill switch engage part. An unearthed part. That's the main part. Say that's possibly their catchiest thing on this album. Um, yeah. Or if not catchy, like, like maybe the they're most... Yeah, thing yeah. on the album. For sure. And then underrated as fuck, that bridge part, dude, where they're blasting and tremolo picking on it. Like, yeah. like I love well, the Well, I mean, so there's that one awesome. song, I think it's Blackest Incarnation, where it has the fucking... Yeah, that's a really good one, too. Yeah. That's kind of a catchy... Oh, fuck yeah. Commercial-ish kind of thing. Like, yes, it's massively fucking catchy as fuck. Like, we've been saying... And now we all know what fucking time it is. Mm-hmm. And we all know what it is. What I'm number just going to let you say it. Yeah. It's fucking funeral first, man. Come on. Dude. Epic. The greatest. The goat. I don't know if it's an actual cemetery they're playing in in that video or if it's some fucking rinky-dink fucking styrofoam tombstone um, like like little play set one they do. But either way, it's fucking awesome. It's just them playing in a cemetery and it works. It's perfect. It, it captures. It captures. It's. It's got to be about vampires too, because he's talking about crimson spray or some shit, right? It's just epic. Like, like the beginning, even the little lead-in with the uh, instrumental unhollowed, is awesome. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I got really bummed when they stopped playing this live. I got really bummed when they played stop playing anything from unhollowed live. Dude, that fucking low part where you just to walk the earth once more. Like, yeah. Fuck. That is so fucking good, dude. But, like, this shit, like, <clears throat> every fucking riff in it. Like I said, man, I mean, the fucking first, dude, the first album's so fucking riffy. There's just fucking tons of them, dude. Like, it's so fucking good. But this was the first, like, I don't know what you call it. Like, it, it wasn't the first one I heard, but this was the first one I really fucking loved. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I think I, it was only, really, I think at the start, it was only because it was it was the first song on the album. Yeah. Because I really fucking, like, as I went on, like, I really loved the fucking album. But, I mean, and then, you know, going back and just listening to it all the time, you kind of, well, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go back to Funeral Thursday. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, it's one of those ones that took do, me a like, long time to get past that first song. Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to listen to it real quick. Dude, the fucking... Every part's awesome. But, dude, like, aside from, you know, that fucking... Would you call that the chorus break? Like the real melodic part. You know, the yeah, fucking... I guess so. Yeah, if you're not catching all the... Yeah, yeah. Um, as much as that song Aside from that, dude, it's, it's fucking Blast City, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't think I really paid much attention to that a whole hell of a lot. Like, yeah. as, as much as I've heard this song, because this, this is definitely the song I've heard the most. Yeah, same. Most definitely, yeah. It was awesome but anytime they closed with it. I think I just get lost... When I listen to it, but like, and some of it too, man, is it really is a fucking buildup for that fucking, you know, quote unquote chorus break. Yeah. You know, melodic break part. Like, um, in fact, I'd probably say like when I first started listening to it, that's kind of what I was listening to it for. You know what I mean? Like, it was definitely that that, that fucking part. But I I think probably like a lot of what I listened to on this album when I first was listening to it, were those fucking parts, those really catchy fucking melodic parts, because I was into 
that's mostly what I was into at the fucking time because I already had fucking death metal stuff to listen to and it was like deathier, metalier yeah. than than what these guys were doing. So it was like, oh, I mean, I'm not really sold on that yet. But what is really fucking selling me, man, is those fucking catchy ass riffs that they fucking got, dude. Like, and so I just listened to it just now. I'm just like, wow, like he hasn't stopped blasting for a while. But that's the one yeah. thing I, I'll. One thing about this album, the reason, one other reason, I mean, aside from the catchiness, aside from fucking Riff City, dude, the fucking, dude, the drummer. Mm-hmm. What's Corey Grady. Is? Corey Grady, yeah. Who went like, on to uh, Premonitions of War after that. And Premonitions of War was awesome, too. Like, and yeah. I don't know whatever happened to the guy now, but like, when, I mean, fuck, he, the way he plays, it's like controlled franticide, not side, franticism. I don't know. Yep, yeah, that's probably closer to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Franticide is some fucking some band weird camp death metal band of some thing. sort. Yeah. yeah, but like no, it's it's con- it's cold it's controlled frantic sh- like it, the guy's it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's fucking crazy. And it's weird because I listen to bands that are faster. Like I mean on the whole, they're just they're faster. But I mean I've also Listen to drummers that do a lot more than this fucking guy. I don't know what it, it's. It's something that he does with the riffs that they play. Yeah, yeah. I think is what it is. Like, it's the melding of all that. There's lots of bands that play the riffs like this. There's lots of drummers that play the drums like that. But there's not a lot of fucking that do it at the same time. Like I don't know. It's just really. There's just something that makes this album sound very fast. Like it's trying to take you somewhere and it's trying to get there pretty fucking quick. Absolutely. You know so. Hey, 